Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos, Gypsy Rose Blanchard, and Lewis Hastings. Tales of hauntings, murder, and scary mysteries. Every week, Twisted Twos dives into a pair of uniquely terrifying true stories that are worthy of a more in-depth look. For this week, we focus on a twisted mother and her tortured daughter, and the story of a vicious serial shooter. Get ready for Scary Mysteries Twisted Twos. Number 1. Gypsy Rose Blanchard Mothers are supposed to take care of their children, but in the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard and her mother Dee Dee, it was almost nothing like that. They both lived in their Springfield, Missouri home for years when on June 14, 2015, Dee Dee was found dead from multiple stab wounds, lying in a pool of her own blood. Police determined she had been dead for days before she was discovered. Meanwhile, neighbors and friends expressed concern for her daughter, Gypsy Rose, who was, according to Dee Dee, suffering from leukemia, muscular dystrophy, asthma, and only had the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. It would take a full day for police to find Gypsy Rose alive and well in Wisconsin. They also realized she was not suffering from any of the illnesses that her mother had claimed. She was also an adult and now one of the main suspects in her mother's murder. After days without news of her mother's body being discovered, Gypsy thought it best to alert people that something was wrong. She had her boyfriend, Nicholas Godjohn, use his phone to post ominous Facebook posts using Dee Dee's account. When friends and family saw the postings, they thought it was uncharacteristic of her, and then they tried to see if she was okay. The home was locked, and so they called police, Soon, Dee Dee's lifeless body would be discovered. They traced the IP address from Facebook, and it led back to Nicholas's Wisconsin home, where they found him together with Gypsy Rose. But during the investigation, it became apparent that this wasn't a straightforward case of a daughter killing her mother to be with her boyfriend. Gypsy Rose was born to Rod and Dee Dee Blanchard, but they divorced in 1991 shortly after Gypsy was born. Ever since she was young, Dee Dee would claim that Gypsy had multiple health problems. For instance, at the time of her birth, she said that the baby had sleep apnea, but doctors couldn't find any signs of it. She would go on to say that her young girl had various health issues as a result of a chromosomal problem and insisted that Gypsy be confined to a wheelchair. For a time, the two lived with Dee Dee's father and stepmother. It was here when the stepmom began getting sick and they accused Dee Dee of poisoning her by mixing in weed killer into her food. Dee Dee, of course, denied it, got upset, and left with Gypsy. And sure enough, the stepmother recovered soon after the pair departed. Mother and daughter then moved to public housing and continued to seek public assistance for Gypsy's supposed health problems. Gypsy would be subjected to multiple surgeries during these times, including muscle biopsies, and was given anti-seizure medication because Dee Dee claimed she suffered seizures every few months. After Hurricane Katrina hit, Dee Dee said all of her daughter's medical and birth records were destroyed by the flood, and soon they moved to Missouri. Once there, they rented a place before Habitat for Humanity built them a home with a tub and wheelchair ramp to accommodate Gypsy's needs. Their plight received considerable amounts of attention and soon donations began pouring in. The two stayed at Ronald McDonald houses, received free flights to Kansas during treatments, got tickets to Walt Disney World, special backstage passes to concerts, and of course, various gifts. Rod Blanchard consistently sent child support payments to his daughter, 
but unknown to him, Dee Dee was telling people he was an abusive alcoholic who refused to ever pay the child support. Every time Rod tried to visit his daughter in Missouri, Dee Dee would come up with countless excuses and kept changing plans on him. She made sure to keep up appearances by shaving her daughter's head to mimic the look of a sick cancer patient. Whenever they left home, Gypsy had to have her feeding tube in an oxygen tank with her at all times. Mom was controlling her daughter's every move and used physical abuse if she ever stepped out of line. By this time, Gypsy had become an adult even though her physical appearance made her look younger. At least one doctor, Bernardo Flasterstein, suspected Munchausen by proxy because he realized that all the tests and biopsies for Gypsy were negative. When Dee Dee found out about the suspicion, she simply stopped seeing him. Although social services were never informed, police did receive an anonymous tip from a caller asking them to investigate Dee Dee, citing she had given false names and birth dates for herself and her daughter. However, this was later dropped after Dee Dee reasoned she did this to hide from her abusive ex-husband. Eventually, Gypsy got fed up with her mother's antics and began seeking independence. She tried unsuccessfully to escape and tell people about her real age, which by this time was in her early 20s. In one instance, she was brought back home and handcuffed to the bed for over two weeks. In 2012, Gypsy met Nicholas Godjohn online and the two struck up a romantic relationship. In June of 2015, the girl invited her boyfriend to her house, at which point she handed him duct tape, gloves, and a knife with the understanding he would kill her mom. Nicholas then ordered Gypsy to stay in the bathroom and cover her ears, Afterwards, he went to Dee Dee's room and stabbed her several times. Once the murder was complete, the two had sex and took $4,000 in cash before fleeing to a motel just outside of Springfield. Eventually, the two were captured, and the whole plight of Gypsy Rose was exposed. Nicholas was sentenced with first-degree murder, among other charges that are yet to be determined. Gypsy Rose was sentenced with second-degree murder as part of a plea deal and is currently serving 10 years in prison. Number 2. Lewis Hastings On February 28, 1983, former computer programmer Lewis Hastings went on a shooting rampage in the tiny village of McCarthy, Alaska. Described by his neighbors as a quiet man, Hastings initially grew up in Leewood, Kansas. Since he was young, he had been treated for chronic depression, but his family said he grew up as a caring adult even offering his time to clean birds affected by an oil spill off the coast of California. He later became a computer programmer and began working at Stanford University in 1975. Several years later, he married a Stanford librarian. By the 80s, the couple quit their jobs and decided to move to Anchorage, Alaska. Both had dreamed of a quiet life in the wilderness, but Hastings grew increasingly troubled by the construction and operation of the Trans-Alaska Pipeline. He believed it was destroying the Alaskan wilderness and decided it was his duty to stop it. The couple bought a small property five miles from McCarthy to escape the hustle of the city, but things worsened as Hastings' computer business and marriage began to falter. This led to his wife spending most of her time in Anchorage while Hastings lived alone isolated in the wilderness home. While there, he began compiling a list of names of Alaska's political and civic leaders. This included gathering their phone numbers and home addresses. He also collected guns, along with approximately 2,000 rounds of ammunitions. 
The night before the shooting, he spent the night drinking with his neighbor, Chris Richards. The next day, Hastings took two pistols and returned to Richards' home, who had invited him over for a cup of coffee. But while inside, Hastings fired at him, injuring Richard's eye while another grazed his neck. Richards fought back and managed to injure Hastings, giving himself enough time to run away to the Kennecott Tourist Lodge. With Richards gone, Hastings went to Tim Nash's home nearby and set that cabin on fire before returning home to grab a Ruger Mini-14 with a makeshift silencer made from beaver fur. He then went to Les and Flo's Heglin's cabin, which also functioned as a post office. He shot the Heglins, including Maxine Edwards, who was there waiting for the mail plane. All three of them were shot in the head execution style and killed. Afterwards, Tim Nash arrived to warn them of Hastings, but he was too late. Hastings was waiting for him on the back porch. The two exchanged gunfire with Nash escaping to the airfield, warning people about what was happening. Richards, who was injured, was flown out by pilot Gary Green, while Amy Nash decided to stay with her husband. Hastings soon approached and began shooting the Nashes, killing them both before dragging their bodies to hide them in a snow berm. Two other residents arrived, Harley King and Donna Byram, and both were initially shot at. Donna managed to flee while King was shot in the back of the head. Hastings tracked Donna but eventually lost her. By 11 a.m., another mail plane was scheduled to arrive, but the previous pilot was warned not to land because of the shooting spree. That pilot, Lynn Ellis, turned around and warned state police requesting assistance. Hastings most likely would have continued shooting people, but had run out of potential victims. In the meantime, he placed two duffel bags and other gear on a snowmobile and headed out into the wilderness. About an hour and a half later, a police helicopter arrived and surveyed the forest, and soon they discovered the shooter. Thinking the police didn't know it was him, Hastings introduced himself as Chris Richards and said Hastings had begun shooting people. But the state police had a description of him, plus they knew Chris was being treated at a hospital for his injuries. They arrested Hastings and eventually he admitted that he was the gunman. In the end, Lewis killed six people and wounded two more. Psychiatrists testified he suffered from a personality disorder where he believed himself to be an exceptional person. He was tried for six counts of murder and two counts of attempted murder. Because Alaska has no death penalty, he was sentenced to 634 years in prison, 99 years for each first-degree murder victim, and 20 years each for the second-degree murder victims. So these were two of the most tragic and murderous stories around. The world can be a crazy place, and Twisted Twos is sure to show you why. If you enjoyed this video, then please remember to subscribe and check out some of our other videos we know you'll love. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.